when we're in my house. It was creepy coming over here on the subway. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it was creepy in your house. No, it's not. It's a beautiful house. Oh, there goes Lola. Yeah. Hi, Lola. Hello, beauty. She might hiss. <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah, so you had a terrible ride over here. Yes, I did. Jam-packed. And yeah, now I know I've been driving for 17 years. You so, can scream at them in the car and everything else. But <laughs> With the windows up. Yeah. Yeah, but you're here now. I am. I am. And I found a story that made me happy. Mm -hmm. Because this 2018 is shaping up to be the year that everyone is thinking... You predicted this. There's got to be a comeuppance about the terrible state of journalism and news online. Yeah, well, we've been complaining about that for how long? (laughs) 40 years. (laughs) (laughs) In some ways, what you're looking at is trying to address the issue of you know, so-called fake news yes. spreading over social media. Yeah, yeah. Well, we all know Jimmy Wales, the founder of Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. Well, he has just launched, and I think it's still, I would say it's a pretty soft launch, uh-huh. and it's a community-driven online news service. And it's really to sort of the kickback against fake news. Right. Well, he said he tried to keep his mouth shut after Donald Trump, and he couldn't. (laughs) So he had to launch something just to get some kind of real news with journalistic integrity. So it's community-based. It's going to be up to us to pay for it. Mm -hmm. But the place where he got the idea was from the New York Times. Did you notice in the article? They were talking about how their digital subscriptions have gone through the roof. Yeah, Yeah. because, and that says, people are sick and tired of all this crap. And I thought it was also very interesting, you know, you get what you pay for. Mm -hmm. So this thing seemed to be, they were going to crowdfund it, and it would be some professional journalists who were paid, but they're basically kind of directed to what they're going to investigate and look into and be fact-based about based on what the community of participating volunteers and yeah, think yeah, I think should basically be investigated. What, yeah, if, it's what people find interesting, what they want to know about. Like, look in Toronto, you know, there was all those gay murders. There's been lately a lot of press, but there wasn't much before. And right. I think if there was a model like this, there would have been enough of a hue and cry that we would have gotten more real news mm. out of it. You know, I think one of the, I, th- I do think it's an interesting model, and there are, it's one of a number of things that people have been talking about of like how do we actually reinvigorate real journalism. And it's not just about the fake news stuff. It's also about just the fact that the advertising-based business model for most uh, newspapers has kind of collapsed and online has not taken up the the slack. And they make the point actually here that something like 90% of the new growth in advertising has gone to Facebook and Google, who are not themselves producers of news, right? So I think that part is really interesting. The one thing I think when you talk about like the community coming up with the ideas for what is going to be investigated is that's where it becomes really important that the community is diverse. Yes. Because, but and that's been said, a problem with Wikipedia, right? It's like Wikipedia is overwhelmingly male, overwhelmingly white people, overwhelmingly people in the West. So you don't actually get, like if you, I think somebody did a study once where they found like there was more Wikipedia entries about 
Narnia or something than about all of Africa, some kind of crazy really? stat, like based on, you know, just people's, not everyone knows everything about everything, right? Like it's not yeah. that people are deliberately being exclusionary. It's just, this is what I think my interests are. That's why you have to have the diversity of perspectives. But don't you think it has to start somewhere? Yeah, no, I think it's an interesting move for sure. And I mean, they point out rightly like the success of the New York Times and getting all these digital subscriptions, but it ain't cheap. So then no. if you're just going to that model, then what are you saying? Is it like if you have the money to pay for it, then you get good quality sources of news. If you're yes. stuck with the free clickbait, you're getting, you know, <laughs> use this one weird trick to, to lower your waistline or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've always given Wikipedia money. Yeah, you're very good about that. Yeah. yeah. No, because I feel it's a really important service. Mm -hmm. I use it all the time. Yeah, me too. It's funny, eh? Like, that was another thing that leapt out to me about that article was when they referred to the fact that it's been 16 years since Wikipedia launched, which is incredible. And if you think about how in the early going we all thought so much about, oh, how can you trust a news or uh, how can you trust an encyclopedia that anyone can edit? But, you know, there are problems, obviously, but overwhelmingly it's been an incredibly helpful resource. Yeah, I think they've been extremely vigilant. Mm -hmm. That's why I'm not quite as negative as you about the diversity because mm -hmm. I think that will come in. Yeah, well, and, good and for, was, good And for it them. was mentioned in the article mm -hmm. as well that they were going to be shooting for that, but people got to, you know, send in their contributions, send in their ideas, because mm -hmm. they're looking for ideas too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, they want, it's like people with journalistic training who do the actual legwork, but they yeah. want people to. Yeah, I may try and get a gig there. Why not? At least try. Mm -hmm. And then I can come here and be bitter. <laughs> <laughs> the community decided they want me to investigate this thing, which is stupid. <laughs> anyway, it is an interesting model, and it's interesting that so many people are trying to crack the nut of how we can get good, reliable news. And this is the year that I think everyone is realizing, well, the shit's really hit the fan as far as our access to good quality news. So I have a little story about, um, it's kind of a little glimpse from South Korea of the next generation of kind of series and Alexas, which is um, the telco SK Telecom in South Korea has partnered with a virtual reality developer. Mm -hmm. And they've made this sort of like little hologram avatar that lives in this kind of cylinder in your house. <laughs> and it's, it's called the hollow box. And basically the character is it's a young woman and she's based on actually a real uh, pop singer in uh, South Korea uh, who sings with the group Red Velvet. So mm -hmm. the idea is that you interact with this little app as opposed to just coming home and saying, you know, hey Google, What's the weather going to be like tomorrow? You interact with your little lady avatar. <laughs> Those things were creepy. It's, it's funny, you know, like I understand that that's been this whole sci-fi thing about wanting to have the home assistant that has a personality or like the robot butler kind of thing, except that that can very quickly become sort of creepy. Well, yeah, no, and they had at least, did you go and look at the, um, at the video? No, but it was all like Thor or, you know, Black Lightning and stuff like that. That I did not see. No, I went right to the company site and it was like, oh my God. It's like all of a sudden you open the box. It looked more like Thor on speed <laughs> dancing around outside of this box yeah. and you're interacting with it. Yeah. I could understand, I could see the appeal to teens for mm -hmm. sure, but 
I mean, I if think I had at Jessica this point, Jones. I could live with <laughs> Jessica Jones kicking my butt all over the house. At this point, I think it's sort of a proof of concept idea. And actually, they do make the point that what they want to get is something that's like so um, realistic that it's actually going to take the new 5G networks to have enough kind of data to make it really seem realistic. And then yeah. the idea is, so you have this thing in your home, and then when you go out, you have a little um, augmented reality. And you could version take her of with, it. Yeah, you can, I could take Jessica with me. You could take Jessica with you, exactly. And she could yeah. kick other people's butts. Actually, it does make a certain amount of sense because it's uh, Alexa. I don't want one. I don't want some voice. Disembodied voice? Yeah. Hello, Kathy. <laughs> Hello, Alexa. How was your day, Kathy? It was hell! <laughs> I just think, like, what's the point? Like, you want a little bit of personality, but too much personality could get really annoying really quickly, I think. Yeah. It's sort of like right in the middle between having a home robot and Alexa. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, there's no doubt that there is that kind of appetite for personality-driven and little characters. I mean, it's a sci-fi staple, right? So who knows? I know, but imagine if all of a sudden you came home and, you know, on top of your fridge there's your avatar and it springs at your face <laughs> it could happen it'd be an updated uh, trilogy of terror <laughs> sequel <laughs> stab 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 um, i just have a very uh, short fun thing just to, to close us off uh, i saw this piece at the bbc which was about how they've started to put this thing into production Japan called it translates as Super Monster Wolf. Which oh, I is already, love this. Don't oh. you want a Super Monster Wolf? It's 65 centimeters long, 50 centimeters tall, robotic kind of animal that has like white fangs and flashing eyes. <laughs> and what you do is you put it because apparently they have this problem with wild boar coming onto the yeah. farms and eating yeah. chestnuts and stuff. So you put this thing there, and when it detects the presence of a wild boar. It starts, <laughs> eyes go glowy, and it has a variety of different howls so that, you know, the boars don't come to see it as sort of like a scarecrow, which is basically what it is. But now they're, they're putting them into mass production because I guess it's been pretty uh, effective. And they're like $5,000 a, a super monster wolf. Yeah, and it looked like Butterscotch the Robo Pony. <laughs> it didn't actually look all that scary, I have to say, no. but maybe with the flashing red eyes. Well, yeah, in the middle of the night, if you sprung that on somebody and had, yeah, like all this wide variety of howls, you know, so that's good. But I don't think it moves. I think you rely on the flashing eyes and the sinister sounding howls. Yeah, well, what do you do? You know, get me. up in the morning and move him around the field. I guess so, I guess. And like, how much did you say it was? 5000 almost $5,000 each. But apparently they have a one for farmers can lease them. You can lease a super monster wolf instead <laughs> <laughs> for, for less money. <laughs> well, Come it, on, it can put it in the cornfield. You know you want it. I have this neighbor I would love to do it to. <laughs> I'm having a turf war with this neighbor. Oh, boy. Yeah. Mm. But um, he's like about six foot four. Whoa. Great big honking bully with Roddies. Rottweilers. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I went over there, though, and I stuck my tits in his face, and I said, <laughs> you get your stuff off my property. He was heaving patio stones. Oh, on, onto your property. Yeah, onto my field. That's my ridiculous. corn. Did he back off? No. <laughs> but I'll, you still, that's over. why you need the super monster wolf. I know. 
Uh, check out the links on your phone or leave a comment at the website, thesniffer.net. Yes. And iTunes. Yeah, please rate us. We'd love it. Yes. Thanks. Thanks. Bye. Bye.